0: The Titans beat everyone. I am your host Anna Lewis. I'm joined with my co-host Joe Lemming. How are you doing today Joe? Doing great. Awesome and we're actually super excited about our special guest today. We have got the one the only Teron Davenport. Y'all know him. You love his whiteboard sessions. Teron how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. Appreciate you Anna. Appreciate you Joe for having me on. I actually just wrapped up my whiteboard Wednesday video so Got a little bit of fire coming your way. So, uh oh. Hey, this is what we do. <laughs>
2: well, Can't I'm wait looking to forward see, to, see to that. We're so glad to have you on.
0: Yeah. So guys, let's, uh, oh, I want to go ahead and remind our listeners. We have a contest going on. You have a chance to win a Titans locker room gift card. Um, We are looking for a permanent name that really fits the Titans brand. And Joe and I thought that there's no better way to do that than to leave it out to our fans. So if you guys have any naming ideas, definitely DM one of us. I'm at Anna underscore Lewis 35 and Joe is at Joe Lemming with one M super easy so DM one of us or DM the Titans beat um, messages and we will put you into the contest and hopefully here in a couple weeks we'll have a winner so let's go ahead and jump into a quick game recap we're coming off a win feels good we're recording this on Tuesday I'm still kind of high on it but we've got to get get game ready and prep for Thursday Um, but what did you guys think about that game against Chicago
2: I I really thought that, you know, this was the get right game that was supposed to be last week when we played the Bengals. And a lot of people thought it was going to be get right for the defense against the Bengals. It wasn't. And really, the defense stole the show this week against the Bears. Now, granted, the, the Bears are no giant killers on offense, but that's the perfect time to get your team right, especially with the newcomer in the secondary with Desmond King. They were lights out minus a couple garbage time scores. The score does not indicate at all how well that team played. They got sacks. They covered their man in the secondary. It was really awesome to see.
1: Yeah, you're right. The score doesn't really indicate how the game was. And I think that's why Mike Vrabel was a little spicy in the post-game press conference. And I get it, right? You had a team where you were in position to really step on their neck and choke them out. And you didn't necessarily do that. And uh, that's something... For a team like the Titans who are looking to, just as you said, Joe, get right and get back on track, they needed to do that. Rolling forward, it's a victory. So they can roll that forward into into Thursday. But I think we look at the defense. We're talking about two first downs happening out of 15 third-down opportunities. That right there is the starting point. I think that's something to be excited about because we know – this team struggled on the third down opportunities. However, I will say it's not all bubblegum and lollipops because they did one of those two third downs that, that they converted was a third and 16. And yeah. you can't have these things happening. But at the same time, they managed to get a pass rush. You saw them get a little more creative with the blitzes. And then they got three sacks. Yeah. For th- They had seven sacks before that. So now you got 10 total sacks. It was good Without to running. see them actually get home and, and take down the quarterback. Of course, Nick Foles, he's uh, – we probably have more mobility than he does, but that – hey, you got to play who, who's in front of you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I loved it, and uh, – I don't know if I told you about this or if you knew this, but um, I actually coached a little bit of defensive coach or college uh, coaching. And all my listeners know that because I I reference back to that experience quite a bit, but I love to see the Titans defense come back out the way that as a lifelong Titans fan, I know and love them. Um, Just really tough, really aggressive and making those big momentum shifting plays. I mean, a scoop and score, just huge sacks, Huge, huge stops. It was a blast to watch, and I felt like that was the Titans of old coming back. And I don't know if uh, it picked, the audio picked it up, but Joe said, hey, even without Clowney. So we did all that without an excellent edge rusher, who I'm excited to see how he looks in the second half of the season. Um, so overall, very pleased with the defense. To me, the offense was a little lackluster, and we'll get into that in a bit because I have a couple questions for you, actually. Um, But, I mean, A.J. Brown showed out, so that man deserves a shout-out. He had a great game. Um, He was a ton of fun to watch, and something that I talk about a lot is how we have two threats. As We have a lot of threats on offense, but in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis – Teams have to game plan for both of them, and you can't. Mm -hmm. So they're going to rock back and forth on who's got the bigger game, um, but it's always fun to see one of those guys stand out. So I'm expecting Corey to show out on Thursday, but we'll see. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned the scoop and score. As a coach, I'm sure, and a defensive one, I'm sure that you could appreciate this. The, The fact that Jeffrey Simmons, and this is something that has really struck me about him, I love D-tackles, and this is why I love Fletcher Cox. I love D-tackles that have the wherewithal to sense a running back about to catch a pass and then have the ability to run and chase that down. And that's what he did, and he punched that out. So that play, it doesn't happen if it wasn't for that effort, that extra effort that Jeffrey Simmons gave. And you have to shout him out for that because –
2: Absolutely. Like I say, I love
1: these tackles that, that do that. And uh, they don't get enough credit for it. So
0: correct me if I'm wrong. Did Fletcher Cox also go to Mississippi State?
1: Yes. And, so, and Fletcher is a guy that Jeffrey Simmons watches a lot of, a yeah. guy that he's he a lot of himself. And Coming out of Mississippi State, that was the comp that I made. And when I do comps, I don't say, okay, this player is going to be as great as that player. I just say their style of play yeah reminds me of each other so I, I always try to make that clear but yeah Mississippi State I mean they produce Chris Jones too so right they have a that's what I was about to say out.
0: yeah my three favorite defensive linemen to watch okay Aaron Donald's in that mix but outside of Aaron Donald I love Fletcher Goggs I love Chris Jones and I love Jeffrey Simmons and those guys all came out yeah. of state so um I don't know they're doing something right down there <laughs>
1: Another guy I really like to watch, we'll see next week. Well, actually, we won't see him, but Clayus Campbell is – He's oh, yeah. a pleasure to watch, too. He is. He's talking about disruptive. But uh, so yeah, the disruptive. Colts have a pretty good one, too, that we could get into And DeForest as, far as Butler, I mean, it's, hey, the defensive tackles are sprouting, and I'm excited about right. that. They're the big dogs, they need love, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They don't get enough of it, but I think they're finally getting some recognition. I've been dying for that for, like, ten years. <laughs> um <laughs> So one thing I did want to highlight about that game was, and I know we usually have around 56 to 62-ish offensive um, plays, but this game was really lopsided. The time of possession was like 34 minutes for Chicago, 26 for us, 77 defensive snaps, 55 offensive snaps. Talk to us about what you take away from that um, for, you know, just the everyday fan that doesn't necessarily look at all those numbers all the time.
1: Yeah, you have to look at that, especially for a team that's going to have to turn around and play on Thursday. When you get up in the 70s and snaps, it it was really confusing to me when I saw that uh, after the game, because while everything's going on, I'm keeping track of third down conversions, right? They had 15 opportunities. So I'm like, okay, they converted too. It had to be tilted in the Titans' favor as far as the snaps are concerned, and and the time of possession, but it wasn't. But that just goes to show you kind of the game within the game. And Mm -hmm. I I think when you look at that 70-plus snaps, you have to look at just the way it was rotated. And the the D tackles, you know, you had Jack Crawford playing a bunch. You had uh, Simmons playing a bunch. Um, Tierra Tarr, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was out there looking like Ted Washington. Yeah, right. Getting that pressure and redirecting the, the running backs against running. I mean, he's a guy to rotate it as well. So yeah. I, I think it speaks to the depth that they have at, at defensive tackle and defensive end, which in effect takes up some of the uh, the depth at uh, you know outside linebacker. Because right. again, they were without clowning but you still had a uh, Wyatt Ray get some snaps, not many, but Roberson got his share. How Landry continues to. I mean, he's playing a lot of snaps week in and week out yeah. and he's showing up. He had one of the three sets. So I think yeah. it does speak to just the, the rotation that they have and, and just how you have to do that wisely when you're playing that many snaps.
0: Yeah. And it definitely speaks to Mike Rabel's um, football IQ and coaching IQ to know, Hey, we play in four days. I got to rotate these guys out because I, I got to have them for Thursday. So yeah and I do want to just jump in real quick and talk about Jeff let's talk about Jeff let's talk about Desmond King making his debut in Tennessee Uh and I also want to throw in Derek Roberson on the defensive side of the ball because I claimed him as like my underdog of the year back in August and then he didn't play and I was like oh come on so when he came back and played the way he did I was beyond excited he's a fun guy to watch he always likes my tweets so I appreciate that uh (laughs) And uh, I I really enjoy watching him. So I'll let you guys kind of run with with those three guys and tell me what you thought.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm so, so excited to see Desmond King. He was a guy that I liked coming out of college back, uh, what was it, 2015 when he came out. He was excellent on special teams, and that was a part in time when we struggled with punt and kick return, and he's an awesome coverage guy. Now, Malcolm Butler has been locking down team's top wide receivers for the past three weeks he's been shadowing nonstop, quietly. quietly yeah. and now you've got a guy opposite of him that can pull his part too that makes it a lot easier on your other guys and I think I saw Kevin Byard blitz on a play for one of the first times this season and that's because you've got guys back there that can hold coverage long enough to allow that to happen and that's why you saw those sack numbers go up, even without Clowney. And it is so huge. And then he gets the scoop and score touchdown like you guys already, you know, talked about the so Terry on top. So now with Desmond King and then when we get a Dory Jackson back, which is something I want to talk about later, this secondary went from struggling and limping on one leg to arguably could be one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah, I think Desmond King brings a lot to the table. Now, he's not that super sticky corner that, will go everywhere a receiver goes, but he does enough of covering him to make the quarterback come off that read. And you saw that a few times. Anthony Miller is a pretty solid receiver, and outside of that one catch where they had to switch release and he went up the sideline, coverage overall was pretty good. And I I think it's it's really a testament to him to be able to go in there and and pick things up so quickly. But then also for the rest of the team to be able to take that – oh, we're going to approach it like everybody's new, not just him, and over-communicate. That's something I asked multiple guys about as far as the communication and and allow him to come in and be a factor from a coverage standpoint. And I I think that's only going to continue to get better. I will say this, expect to see him come on some more blitzes. That's something that I, I think he really brings to the table. 17, when he was a rookie, he had four sacks. Now, not all of his sacks have come on blitzing. Sometimes it's just cleanup ones. And just him having a good nose for understanding, okay, you know what? My guy's not a factor anymore. I could come in and I could clean up and tackle the quarterback. So, uh, as you mentioned, Joe, great point about having that trust and and the corners being able to cover, hold coverage long enough for other guys to blitz. That's actually what I drew up behind me. And I I think it's something that you're going to see a lot more of. And you have to do it this week against that Colts offensive line. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Listen. I right. what more can you say about him? He's a guy that, that you can move up and down that line of scrimmage, but he also, just from that interior spot, go back and watch the Colts game, those who haven't. Watch it last year because so many people talk about Quentin Nelson like as if he takes his shirt off, there's going to be an S on his chest, and he's a good player. But you will see multiple times Jeffrey Simmons folded him like a banquet chair, yeah. and that's just not on full power. Because remember, he was coming off the knee injury. So yeah. I can't wait just to see those guys collapse. Uh, that's going to be something to, to, to watch. But you look at what he's been able to do tip passes. He almost had an interception uh, last week. But it, just the impact is there in multiple ways. With two sacks he has, uh, you you look at tackles for a loss, he's getting in the backfield. He just, all of that, you just lump into one word and just call him disruptive because that's what he yeah. gets. Yeah. As far as is concerned, I'm glad you mentioned him, Anna. And he's someone going into camp last year. I, I remember, I don't know, for some reason they always say, okay, well, well, TD, who are you watching? Which rookie are you watching? Who's your undrafted? I said, oh, um, the guy from Sam Houston. Yeah, uh, Roberson. He, he's, he's a good player. And I remember seeing some of the things that came uh, out of the East-West Shrine game that week. And hearing some of my guys like Emory Hunt, football game player, telling me about him. So when they signed him, I was like, oh, they got a good one. And then you saw the Saints game. But he's someone that really is is an outstanding player, rushing the passer, could get a little bit better on first and second down. But he was yeah. getting after. I mean, they were have He drew – he should have drawn two holding calls. But he yeah. still – you look at down Brown sack. That came on the strength of him being able to, you know, get – get the quarterback off his spot a little bit, and and Brown came in and got the sack. So all three of those guys, you mentioned Malcolm Butler too. Chase Claypool, one reception, negative yards. A.J. Green, he's still a bad man, but he had two receptions for five yards. And then Allen Robinson, six for 70. Now all of that was against uh, Malcolm Butler. He wasn't a factor. That's really what you have to look at. So you got to shout Malcolm Butler. Jayon Brown too, and that's – who would have thought we'd be able to just run off five different names? Five guys. that guys. Talking about outstanding players, but Jayon Brown, yeah, he's he's balling too. So they're yeah. in good shape.
0: Yeah, and what I've said all year, and I get so much heat on Twitter for standing up for the Titans defense. And Joe knows this because he sees me like fighting all the time. But we oh, do I've have so. Oh, you have? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I saw well, your
1: Ty Smith one. <laughs> yeah, we have. How was it? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, it was was on point. It was on point. You know, I appreciate it with with him and that. I just wish he would have tackled a little bit better, you know, on a couple opportunities. But I mean, look everybody gives up plays, you know, the yeah. guy you're facing, he gets paid too, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Um, I have gotten just heat for saying, guys, be patient with this defense, and a lot of it is because we lost Dean Pease, so you have Good. to adjust for that, and you have to give some time for that without a preseason, with a very weird abbreviated summer, Um, it's just, it's hard to go, okay, we have not, not even like a new DC, but Coach Rabel and Coach Bowen running that. um, It's going to take time for that to adjust. So I think we're finally seeing them click. And, again, we saw an outstanding defensive performance without Clowney. And a lot of people want to hate on Clowney and say, oh, that was a bad move. I don't think it was at all. You have Um, to make that move. You have to make that move because you don't, you have a guy like Roberson um, who can help off the edge, but he's not strong in first and second down and you see Clowney make plays in those situations. So you got to have the depth. You got to have the rotation. I am excited to see the next few games and see this defense step up. Baltimore is going to be a challenge. Um, Indianapolis, even though their offense is lackluster to say the least, um, they're going to be a challenge too. And you got to get back there. Their offensive line is great. So I don't know. I, I just have a really good feeling about the defense. I, I've got a couple people that I'm going to make sure I tag when we start doing really well. I should be like, Hey, remember, remember what I said three months ago? Um, uh-huh. But no, they're exciting to watch. Um, obviously we have an exciting offense to watch, but I'm more excited about the defense because they've been the underdog all season. I think they're going to step it up here in the next couple weeks, but that is enough about last week. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some overall team stuff. Um, something Joe yeah. and I noticed and texted about during the game was we're seeing the running back time get shared a little bit more than what I think a lot of people anticipated. I think part of that is hey, we paid Derrick Henry for four years. We have to save him to an extent. And we have these other talented guys that can step up in big moments. I remember McNichols making that run without a helmet in week one. I was like, this guy <laughs> is crazy, but he is special. <laughs> Um, so talk to us like about that. Uh, Joe, you go ahead and chime in on what you think too. Um, it's been interesting, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing.
1: It's so, very, it's very ironic that you mentioned the, the three running back type of thing, because I normally don't get into too many back and forths on social media. I usually I give somebody two, maybe three answers, then it's time to move on. But right. I got into a pretty extensive conversation I took it to the DMs because I didn't want to flood people's timeline. But long story short is one of the Titans fans has said that it's terrible to have three running backs uh, on the field, you know, in a game. But I think you really have to look at the big picture. Derrick Henry is on pace for just short of of 400 carries. And then you know what – come December, you know what's going to happen. And then in January, you're talking 30 to 35 carries. You're going to feed the beast. That's what they do. And you're just going to ride them. So I, I think when you have a Deontay Foreman, who you could mix in, a McNichols, who you can mix in, I think it is good to have that. And I'm not saying give Foreman 10 to 15 carries and the same thing for McNichols. But to sprinkle them in, give Derek a, see, a series off, and, and just allow them to, to do it. And then when you bring him in, those are, are the right way to manage a, a football game. But then you have to understand. McNichols. And even when I asked Arthur Smith about this, that's what he pointed out about McNichols. McNichols, even though he's the smallest of all of them, he probably is, is the the most dog when it comes to pass pro. And that's important. You got $118 million that has to be protected. Right. You know what I mean? So you, right. you need to give him no snap. But you, it's also as linebackers, you know, they get used to a guy hitting a hole a certain way. You see it over and over again. But then You know, you go from Henry to McNichols, who hits the hole a little bit different. He's a little more sudden with how he runs, right? So now a linebacker get used to the way Henry is, but then you got McNichols in there and then you have to adjust for that. And what ends up happening is McNichols gets up on him a little bit sooner than they had expected. And now that's an opportunity for a a gain. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing whatsoever.
2: So I agree. What do you think, Joe? I think a lot of the people that are really upset about the running back timeshare are just people that are wanting Derrick Henry to pad the stats for the, the NFL rushing lead. And, you know, <laughs> Derrick Henry wants it, but you, you can't be upset with it because when we're, we're running without him, it's not like we're getting stuffed at you know, for one or two yard gains. These guys are busting off runs of five, 10 yards and moving the chains. So I want to see the team win. And if that's the move that we have to do to keep Derek uh, Henry healthy, like you said, for the playoff run, where we're really going to start feeding him, then so be it. You paid him. You need him to be healthy. You need him to be on the field yeah. for him to be a factor. And that's part of doing it. That's why everybody wanted us to draft a running back in the second round, is so we could have a smash and dash like backfield like we used to have. If that's what you've got. Except you've got a lot more people than doing the dashing than Derek Henry smashing. So it, it's working out right now. Removing the chains and you know. I still think Derrick Henry has a chance to go for that rushing title, but it's the right move. I do,
0: too. I, I do, too, because, hey, it's about to get cold. Like, it's been very unseasonably warm in Tennessee for November, but if all things go back to normal with the weather, it's going to get cold here soon, and uh, they play some tough games in some cold weather.
1: So In Green Bay.
0: In Green Bay, mm-hmm. and that's December, so – no, I want him healthy for that. And if you're worried about your fantasy team and all that, which he's on my fantasy team, so I can't lie, uh, just wait until that. Just wait until the end of the season because that's when he breaks off and we all know it. So that's what you pay him for. You don't I, – I don't know. For me, I don't want a valuable guy like Derrick Henry getting hurt in week five or six when we could have had him busting it in uh in the playoffs. Yeah. So, no, I have no problem with the running back share time, but I just wanted to see what y'all's thoughts were. Yep. So, um, let's go ahead and jump into a preview with the Colts and the Titans. I'm going to let you guys run with this one. I've been talking a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's all good, man. You're bringing it. I, I think this this game is really interesting because it, it's, it's styles against styles, right? You know, you got physicality on both sides of the ball. Frank Reich, I remember being in Philly with him and, and talking to him every week. He would come out. And it was funny because he'll throw his fist in the press conference and say, you know, we want to go out there. We want to punch somebody in the mouth. That's exactly what he would do. That's what the Colts want to do in this game coming up. They want to punch the bully in the mouth and show that they're a bully too. And they, they're equipped to do it with that offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, you could give him multiple carries. Not always going to be a high productive uh, performance, but still, you know, you could go out and be physical. I, I think that's, that's something you have to look at The Titans, they struggled against the Bengals with those interior runs. I mean, we're talking about Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, two really good interior offensive linemen. They could run behind them, and I think that will give them some opportunities to be able to put together some drives and get that defense on the field and and wear them down a little bit. So that's something to be concerned about. But then even once you get that established, you can work play action. T.Y. Hilton, look, he's, he's a Titan killer right? And he's a guy that consistently gives the Titans problems. We'll see how healthy he is, but he's another one that you have to factor in. I just think they're going to get that turnover from Phillip Rivers, whether it's a fumble or an interception. He's going to do something, and actually behind me, I have it drawn up, a way to kind of make him throw a pass a little too quickly, and that could be an interception for one of the guys. So I think it's a good game. It's going to be a competitive one. But the Titans, I feel like they're, they're going to come out on top.
2: I definitely agree. Uh, speaking on Phillip Rivers on the season so far, he's thrown 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So he's definitely being pretty generous with throwing that ball around. But also, he's no slouch. He's completed almost 70% of his passes. So he's getting those short little passes and gaining yards. He's got over 2,000 yards. So that's definitely something we can't uh, you know sleep on. But I'm really excited about this matchup because this week after – it seems like Ryan Tannehill has been trying to be too perfect the past two weeks. He sees that he doesn't have to be perfect now to win a game after the defense helped him out. So I think you're going to see Ryan Tannehill really step up and try to take down this giant of a defense that the Colts have. And, you know, I think we're going to see a very similar, you know, low scoring fest this weekend. I'm super excited to see how this offensive line is going to hold up against the pass rush of the Colts because they've got some star studded guys that are going to be coming at them all weekend. But uh, I'm super excited for this one for sure.
0: Yeah, me too, and I think it's going to be low scoring for sure. Go ahead, TD, sorry.
1: No, I I think DeForest Buckner is really getting him and dropping him into the middle of that three-tech. I think that really just took that defense to another level, and they do so many things off that. You see him stunning. You see them at times just let him bull rush. Or, I mean, the guy's 6'6", 6'7", whatever he is, wingspan, so he could cloud passing lanes too, so – It will require the Titans to move Tannehill around, get him on the move, and allow him to make plays. I think that with these aggressive young safeties, play action over top to Khalid Raymond, I think that will be a good opportunity. Now, Raymond did that for a long touchdown in Indy towards the end of last year, so they'll be looking for it. So you could also play off of that with Corey Davis or A.J. Brown running that dig underneath. And maybe the safeties clear out and get on that, and then
0: open that up. Davis
1: or Brown, we know how he gets yards after the catch, so yeah. that's that's something else to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And looking on the defensive side of it, um, just because that's what I look at first always. And Joe knows this, <laughs> but um, I am excited. I was excited to see that Clowney was back in full practice today. Um, and he didn't... looked good. Good. I was going to ask because that makes, I saw the videos that you and uh, Jim White had posted and he did look good. So, I'm excited to see how he looks. Um, not sure if you've seen me put this rant out there on Twitter because I know sometimes stuff pops up, but um, I think sometimes we've been trying to overplan on the pass rush side. And what we saw work against Chicago was just letting these guys do what they're great at. And part of that is Jeffrey Simmons is great at bull rushing and just going straight mm-hmm. up the middle. He is so, so strong, and that's what makes him so dangerous. And Dude is hungry too. I love it. JD is great coming off the edge. And I broke down a couple pieces of film where they were having JD stunt under two people and go up uh, the A gap or go up B gap. And I want to see him going off the edge um, more times than not and letting those guys in the middle do what they do. Because when you have them, especially Jeff, even though I know he's probably he would say he's 100% his knee probably still bothers him sometimes and going lateral doesn't feel great. I'm um, coming off a of surgery, even if it's been a year. So I don't let, love seeing him move laterally yet. Um, but I think if they can just let these guys do what they do and keep it simple, if you keep something simple, but you're the best at it, nobody can beat you. And um, I hope we see that against the Colts because they've got a great offensive line. I'm excited to see how our guys match up against that. But no, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be a, a defensive brawl. Um, and it's going to be fun. So that those are the games I live for. I can't lie.
1: <laughs> you yeah. say like 17, 14, something like that?
0: I actually have a scoring 21. I, I have a 21-17. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's that's reasonable. And you're right about Simmons. I, I think really when you have a guy that's just country strong the way he is and just has that natural bulldozer approach to the game, let it go. Yeah. Let him just go straight forward and, and run people over. I think that's something that you have to allow him to do. I like Clowney coming off the edge, but I feel like he's better as an interior guy just because, to me, he kind of lacks that corner. And I was talking to some people in his camp. Yeah. That is something that they're working on, just yeah. that that being able to bend, like Harold Landry, where, he, you know, Landry right. has that dumbly-like ability. He, he's like those motorcycles, right? You see yeah. him racing? And they lead like this, and almost touched it. That's how that's how he is coming off the edge. But yeah. Clowney doesn't – and I think that's what's causing him to get so many near misses. But yeah. if you look, I, I feel that he's most effective on the interior. It, you have to be able to do both, though. So, right. you know, especially for a guy that you move around like Clowney. But, yeah. but you're right. That defense, you got to let them just play football. And that's something you, – you touched on it earlier about giving it time. And I kind of get that feeling. And talking to Byard and talking to Rashawn Evans, you you know, I I think they're not playing as fast as they want to just because there's a little bit of hesitation, not fully having the the system down packed to where it's just see it and go do it. You kind of see it. See it processing, and then, and that's where that that hitch is.
0: Yeah, because it seems like every play is like half a second, half a second off and um we're seeing that get worked out so that's a great point you make and you're totally right about Clowney and as far as coming off it, because i remember when we signed him i went back and watched a lot of his all 22 i would get so frustrated because it's like dude you were like just one little (laughs) oh so close but i love his run stop ability so i think he'll be able to make a big impact in that in that game watching him just tear down running backs is so satisfying i can just watch a comp of that on repeat uh But let's Joe and I want to pick your brain about something. And I think you probably know what it is. So we want you, you don't? So we want you to explain kind of in layman's terms, and really for people like Joe and I like just live Titans all the time. So we've got your notifications turned on. You know, we're getting all the updates all the time. Tell us, as like you're talking to someone who just watches the game on Sunday. What's going on with the Dory Jackson? What did, you know, designated to return really mean? I know his timeline is tomorrow. Um, so what what are you seeing in practice? What did, what can you give us on that?
1: That's what's so crazy. Over the last week or so, I haven't seen anything. And, and I managed, I, I caught a peek today coming off the field. You can kind of peek inside the building and it's tinted. And I saw him doing some things in there. So it's not like he's, just completely neglecting all work. He, he's getting work done. But I, I think when you look at what happened, I, I'm not sure what it was, right? And they put him on the IR, which we all thought was going to be three weeks. Okay, yeah, he'll be back week four. Everything will be good. He wasn't back week four. It was a couple weeks later. And he practiced. He... he was able to turn and run. Everything seemed fine. He was out there moving like as if he wasn't hurt. But then that one Friday what was it? not last Friday, but the Friday before he wasn't out there. Hmm. And that's, we still don't know what it was that happened that Thursday. And it just so happened that that Thursday was an indoor practice. So we weren't able to, I was one of the last three that could have gone to indoor practices, but I got tired of going to the facility and getting tested every day. You know what I mean? So I, we all just opted out. We said, forget it. So we don't know what happened. Long story short. Okay. And and then for them having him be designated for return, they had three weeks to – when you're designated for return from IR, you, you could practice for three weeks. Once that three weeks is up, it's either – Okay, you're with us or you're back on IR. And that's where they are right now. He didn't practice today. Dory didn't practice, like I mentioned, last week. So it's still something that everyone is is trying to figure out. But they're being ultra secretive. I've even tried outside of the facility. No one is saying (laughs) anything. And we're really going to see what the deal, well, get a glimpse of what the deal is. On Wednesday, because I mean, more than likely they're going to activate him, but I don't think he's going to play. Okay. But at least they'll activate him so that way they can have him around, and then when he is ready, they have the option. They have him. But he'll occupy a roster spot until then.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask for clarification because I've seen a lot of uh, misinformation, if you will, about what that designator return means and where we go from there. So. Had they said, you know what, like say tomorrow they say uh, back to IR, um, what does that mean for the rest of his season? He's done?
1: It means cancel Christmas yep. for a season. It's yeah. over with. And so nobody wants to see I that. Think, yeah, not at all. Especially, you know, a guy who finished so well. Because remember, right. hey, Jared Dory was balling, right? Was. You got to give him credit. Marquise Brown, you know, great game against him, great game against the Patriots. He was balling. So, yeah, you want to see that extend to this year, especially for a guy that they picked up the fifth-year option on for the following right. one. But you're right. If they don't make a move on Wednesday, he's he's done. It, that's it. Done for the year. So I, I think that they will have him return. They'll take him off of, add him to the to the 53-man, and he'll occupy that spot. Just kind of stagnant. But yeah. once he's ready then he'll he'll come He's on good to
0: go yeah joe what's your take on all this do you do you agree i think they'll probably activate him tomorrow as well just because you don't you don't pick up that option for nothing but what are your thoughts
2: right my my only thought is you know what's going on in john robinson's head with so many unknowns with this covid season and you need that every single roster spot that you've got i, I don't see them not activating him tomorrow it's just it's in an unprecedented year to have such a bizarre injury and to be forced in that situation where you gotta make the decision now or it's it's gone. So I, yeah. I think we'll see him come back as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, fortunately you got Greg Maven, a teammate of Desmond King and Amani Hookers at Iowa. You got him on there. Bring out borders too. I mean he looks so, good. He had a solid game against had- the Bears. Going against Darnell Mooney, a guy who's really good. Derek Mason trained him for draft, uh, you know, combine prep and all that. But I I think you have those guys. You still got Kareem Moore. So there are some options as far as flexibility to move up and move down. Those guys have been able to flow through waivers. So you've been able to, you know, activate them on game day, put them back on the practice squad and not worry about losing them. There are other guys out there. I think Devontae Bosby is a a free agent. He's someone – actually, Jonathan Joseph went to the Cardinals, and for some reason they they – cut Bosby but Bosby's a solid player so that's another one out there that you just kind of pluck from the free agency pile that could come in and give you good snaps
0: yeah absolutely I have one more question actually just popped in my head I saw something pop up on my timeline we had a DT get signed to the practice squad today Talk to us a little bit about him. What does that mean? I know, like, Titans Titans fans are crazy. Like, let's put that out there. They are insane. (laughs) And they're, like, conspiracy theorists to the max. They're like, oh, if we do this and we do this, then blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just crazy. So, I saw a lot of people wanting to add another uh, D-tackle or D-end or whatever to help on that defensive end. I always said it was a secondary issue and you needed some more. You can't expect your pass rush to get to the quarterback in two seconds. It's unrealistic. Give them three and they got it. Um, yeah. And that's what we saw on Sunday. So, um, tell us a little about this new tackle that's going to hop on the practice squad, and what do you think the purpose of bringing him in was?
1: You know what? Uh, what's what's the tackle's name?
0: Oh, I just had it up. Hold on, this is embarrassing. I was hoping you would know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it one of the moves that they did earlier today, or was it like relatively yeah, recent? It
0: was today. Uh, Miles Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was a part of the the three that right after they mm-hmm. added the three to the um, – a lot of that, I'll be honest, is, is cut and paste from, from oh, a yeah. message. You cut and paste. I it. understand. So I, I don't always look at the name. I'm not familiar, honestly, with Miles Brown. I'm I, not either. I think adding that DT to the practice squad, for me, that tells me that um, 78, Tier Tart. I, I think they saw what they needed to see from him, and I think he'll occupy a spot on the active roster. So yep. it just is a shift. You got Miles Brown. That's their guy on on reserve, like in in the pocket. They need to pull that card out. They could do that. But in the meantime, you got Tierra Tart. That's really the main way I would look at.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was guessing too because he did look good on Sunday and I think he deserves that active roster spot. So um, it's cool to hear you confirm that. But Joe, did I miss anything? Do we have any other questions for TD before we let him go?
2: Yeah, I just want to – I want to get everybody's prediction for the, the score prediction for the game this Sunday. Obviously, you've got the Titans going up against the Colts on Thursday night football in a year where the Titans have really been looked at as the favorite for the AFC South because of their hot start. You know the Colts are coming in wanting to prove the world, hey, we're still a contender in the AFC. So, I just want to see what y'all's uh, score predictions are.
1: Yeah, I'm going 20-17, to 17. Titans. I think they win this game. I think Derrick Henry has 100 yards
2: rushing Amazing. as well.
1: This Colts team have given up, what, 79 yards per game? It, it, it's going to go up this time because Henry's going to yep. break 100.
0: Yep, I agree. I, I think I said this earlier, but twenty one seventeen is my prediction. I think you're going to see the defense really show out and stop Phillip Rivers. I do predict either an interception or a forced fumble. Again, I think they're going to make him second-guess himself, which is always always fun. Um, I, I must say, watch – this is terrible, but, like, I laugh – hysterically when people fall so that video of him falling on Sunday had me dying for like an hour (laughs) but no I think they're going to shake him up a little bit I think uh uh my favorite big Jeff is going to have him on his butt a few times and I think it's going to be a low scoring game at 21-17 I'm
2: I'm going to I got got look excuse me sorry I got a little tongue tied I think the Colts are going to be up 20 to 14 with about a minute and a half low in the game I think Ryan Tannehill is going to go down. I think the finals are going to be 21-20. I think that Clowney is going to get his first sack of the season if he plays, and I also agree. Just like last year, whenever the Colts had not allowed a 100-yard rusher, Derrick Henry is going to beat him up again.
1: Yep, awesome. Clowney is going to get his first sack on this play behind me on the whiteboard.
0: I love it. I cannot wait to see that video come out. I always (laughs) love them so much. uh well teron thank you so much for coming on i know joe and i were so excited when you agreed to do this so hope to have you again uh definitely a friend of the show for sure Uh, will you let everybody know where they can find you on social media
1: yeah sure at t davenport underscore nfl you can find me on there uh my uh ig is i i think it's the same you can type in my name teron t-u-r-r-o-n davenport in the search and it'll come up there but yeah, mostly on Twitter. I use that more than IG, so definitely check it out there.
0: Awesome. Joe, I'll let you close
2: this out. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for taking a tune in. This was Titans Beat on the Say It Again Network.